rules. Welcome to the Money Rules Podcast, where we tackle your personal financial matters with leading financial advisors. Your host, Buitumelo Nzoko. Today we're tackling a topic that's often on the minds of many families. Should you prioritize paying down your bond or save for retirement? Both are important financial goals, but which one should come first? To help us navigate this dilemma, we have Gareth Collier, who is a certified financial planner at Crew Invest. Welcome to the podcast, Gareth. Thanks very much, Timmy. To kick things off, could you explain why it might be a good idea to pay down your bond early, especially in the early years of the loan? Yeah, Timmy. So any loan agreement like this, where there's an interest payable over a particularly long period of time, like a bond where it's 20 or 30 years, perhaps, the way your repayments are split is that the bulk of the interest portion of the total repayment is, is taken care of in the early years of the of the bond. So what you might find is that, you know, upwards of 90 odd percent you'll see in your first couple of months of repayments is actually just allocated to interest with very, very little of it going towards the actual capital loan amount. Whereas if you get yourself into the habit or you've maybe got additional cash where you can make additional payments up front over and above the minimum payment, what's lovely about the Credit Act in this country is that it determines that those additional payments must be allocated against the capital amount. And thus you'll find very quickly that the the interest portion starts to become a smaller piece of the repayment and you start to pay down that capital a lot quicker the earlier you can make additional payments. That's a compelling argument for paying down your home loan early. But are there any circumstances where this might not be the best approach? Well, you know, when we when we look at your, your bond repayment and, and you mentioned in the intro about, you know, saving for retirement, if you think about those two sort of financial commitments, those are probably two of the longest term financial commitments any person is likely to make in the, in their lifetime. So because it's done over such a long period of time, we've got to see what the consequences are about making little choices along the way. And if you find that maybe you are focused on your bond repayment, but maybe ignoring your retirement fund savings, getting a better balance between those two could be cause for consideration. When we shift our focus to prioritizing retirement savings, what's the argument for starting this early? Well, I think it's the inverse of what we covered earlier about the bond repayment. So where you owing a large amount of money and there's a lot of interest payable up front, the earlier you start, the quicker you can pay down the capital. The opposite happens when you're accumulating savings. So, you know, the, the earlier you put money in, the longer you allow those funds to compound, the more value they're going to accumulate over the years. Uh, there's a lovely example that's used quite often where just very quickly, if you and I start saving uh, let's say you and I would like to start saving and you put 2000 Rand away a year for 10 years, right? And then after 10 years, you actually stop saving altogether. But I, on the other hand, waited for those 10 years and then I start putting that 2000 Rand away. What you'll find, no matter how far down you go mathematically, if we're getting the same return, my investment value will actually just simply never catch yours, even if we get 60 years down the road. So those first few years of saving make all the difference in the world. So the earlier you start, the better. And for people who are worried about the volatility of the stock market, how do you address these investment concerns? 
Yeah, I mean, look, at the end of the day, the, the, the volatility is, is ironically what creates returns, right? Because that's where, you know, if there's un- uncertainty and there's mispricing, you know, if everybody knew exactly what was going to happen in the future, then that would just create a big demand for that asset to the point where all the value would be priced out of it, right? Everybody would just keep um, bidding up the price till the, till the point where there's, there's little, very little value left in there. So when volatility does occur, it's the one thing that actually drives growth in markets. And second being that, you know, if there is volatility, but, you, but you're much younger, you've got a lot more time to ride out those ups and downs to get the long-term result. Now, that's all well and good if you're younger, but what if you're sort of closer to retirement or in retirement, people get concerned about the volatility. But remember, when you're in that phase and, you, and you're drawing down on your investments, you're not drawing down all of your investment capital every single month, right? You're only drawing down a very small portion of it each month. So similar to when you were accumulating in your younger years and you were buying in at lows and highs, you're going to do the same thing when you're disinvesting one day to to spend money. So just remember that you're not you're not banking all these so-called paper losses if markets are down. Similarly, you might be using up less of your retirement when things are up. So so volatility doesn't appeal to us, doesn't appeal to our human nature. But when it comes to investment values, it's 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 actually the thing that that pushes those up and pushes them forward. Gareth, maybe to help our listeners a bit, can you walk us through a practical example of paying down your bond early versus investing for retirement funds? Yeah, so I think the reason we're putting focus on this is because when we look at in, in investing for retirement, obviously those contributions are tax deductible up to certain limits um, for us as taxpayers in South Africa. So if you've got so, so let's let's look at some figures. So let's say we've bought a property that was three million rand, and we had done some savings, and we put a ten a ten percent deposit down. So we went to the bank, and we got a bond of two point seven million rand, right? And now the bank says, right, we're willing to offer you two options: either a a period or a loan period of twenty years or thirty years. Okay. And the interest rate is, let's say, 8.25%. Probably sounds a bit lower in the current markets, but but let's look at, histor- look, look at history. If we use those two figures, in the 20-year scenario, your monthly repayment is going to be about 23,000 Rand a month, whereas in the 30-year scenario, your repayment is going to be about 20,000 Rand a month, okay? So about three grand less. Then in there, you'll see now over those terms, the total interest that you'll pay over a 20-year period is about 2.8 million rand versus 4.6 million rand in the 30-year scenario. So that's feeling like almost double there. And what you'll find then is, is that your total repayments over 20 years will be about 5.5 million. And over 30 years, it's going to be about 7.3 million. So nearly 2 million rand more. So that's the that's the appeal for like a lot of people say, no, 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 take the take the short to loan period. You're going to pay it off quicker because you know what? Once I've paid off the bond right now, all of a sudden I've got all of that money to put towards my retirement fund. OK, but like we said earlier, you know, as much as paying down your debt quickly works in your favor with interest, saving early works in your favor when it comes to compounding growth. So in the scenario where somebody uses the 20 year term, then once they've paid off their bond, they take all of that money because they're a disciplined saver and we factor back some of the the tax saving they would get on the deductibility. They're probably going to be about putting away about 29,000 Rand a month in a retirement fund. And they're going to do that for, for 10 years, right? So that they catch up to the 30 year person. 
at the end of that period, let's say they get about a 9% return on their, on their money per annum, their retirement fund is going to be worth about 5.7 million rand. Okay. Now, if you take the person who takes the 30-year approach, right? Now they're, they're spending about three grand a month less on their on their um, on their bond repayment, but they say, look, they're happy to commit that self-same 23,000 rand after tax to towards these these um, these two elements. So now, if we take the three grand and we factor back the tax saving that person's going to get, they're going to be putting around about four and a half grand a month into a retirement fund, okay, from month one. So they're going to pay down their bond for the 30 years, and they're going to be putting that money into a retirement fund. So what you'll see earlier, like we said, you know, yes, you've paid more in interest on the bond, but just that four and a half grand uh, retirement fund contribution over the 30 years, assuming a 9% return, is going to put you in a position where you've now got 8.2 million rand in a retirement fund. Okay. Now, everybody says, okay, but now I've paid more interest on the bond or on the property, but also, that's in future terms. So if we look at what the property value is increased by, obviously, we've had it for the self-same 30 years that we're looking at. The 3 million rand original purchase, let's say it just keeps pace with inflation at 6%, it's going to be worth about 17 million and 17.2 million in both circumstances. So the person who's taken kind of that 30-year that approach where they've put the majority of the uh, of the money is towards the bond initially and then kind of done a nominal amount to the retirement fund is actually going to land up with a net asset value of about 25 and a half million versus the person who went with a 20-year bond and then put all of that money into their retirement fund for a shorter period is going to have about sort of 22.9 million. So there is kind of a, a net asset value difference at the end of that 30-year period. And I think what makes it difficult is because it's such a long period of time, you know, this is where we kind of sit with people and, and just look at this concept because, you know, we feel like we're doing the right thing. And I think the sort of common agreement around the bri is that, yes, pay off your, your bond as quickly as possible, high interest, you know, don't, don't pay more than you absolutely have to. Gareth, um, just lastly, for those who think they want to strike a balance between paying down their home loan and saving for retirement, what's the compromise position here? Is there like an ideal split of how they should manage their funds? Yeah, again, I think you're going to look at it mathematically. So, you know, typically if you're paying a high interest rate or you higher up on the tax bracket, then using sort of this 20, this 30-year approach rather than the 20-year approach is going to work more and more in your favor because of the, the tax saving that you're going to get on your retirement fund contributions. Um, the other element to look at that is maybe even if you're not benefiting so much from the, from the tax saving, um, from a practical standpoint, and, and, and the last 18 months is a good example with the rapid rise in interest rates, is that if you had initially a, you'd gone with the 20-year approach and you could, you were, you were kind of comfortable or maybe just, you know, found it just affordable to, to make that initial repayment on your bond. Now the interest rates have risen quite, quite steeply and the repayments have risen quite steeply. You know, you might find yourself in a position where, well, can you keep pace with those repayments. Whereas on the 30-year approach, you know, having a slightly lower monthly repayment, you might find that you can uh, adjust uh, for those for those interest rate increases because you've started at a lower level. And if you were that disciplined person where you were putting those additional funds into your retirement fund, you know, you can always reduce 
the retirement fund contributions to manage your cash flow to allow for the higher bond repayments if you're doing it over a longer term. So yes, there's always the, the mathematical consideration around how much interest am I paying? I don't want to pay any more unnecessarily but it's balancing out the realities of life. Sometimes things are gonna happen that are completely out of our control, such as the interest rates. Um, and we, we need to be ideally in a position where we can manage those through through harder times. And then when times are good and maybe your cash flow is in a, in a much more positive position, then you can kind of say, look, I'm gonna, I'm gonna focus on, on putting more into the retirement fund and only just making what I have to on the bond. Um, the very last point on this is that, again, if you go with the, with the 30-year term, there's absolutely nothing stopping you putting those extra funds into your bond and still paying it off over 20 years if your cash flow allows. But by having the 30-year um, terms, it just gives you a bit more flexibility to kind of handle the ups and downs of, of whatever life throws at you. All right. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode, Gareth. It's always a pleasure to be here. That was Gareth Collier, who is a Certified Financial Planner at Crew Invest. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Money Rules Podcast. To listen to more, go to moneyweb.co.za or the MoneyWeb app and follow MoneyWeb News for daily updates. MoneyWeb, your trusted source for business and investment insights.